Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word is true. Even as we turn to your word that you speak to us, grant us understanding. May our hearts be enlightened by the entrance of your word. May we carry the favor and the savour of your presence as we fellowship with you in the name of Jesus. That throughout this year will be carriers of your divine presence in all occasions, in all seasons, in every way we go. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap to Jesus. Just clap. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. You know, if you want to clap and give a standing ovation to God for his goodness, just want you to rise and clap for God's goodness. This clap is worship. This is a way of worshiping God. As we rejoice, as we shout, as we scream, as we sing, we also clap as a worship to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Put some noise to read. This is a noise of victory. Hallelujah. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. And this clap is, 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 is a prophetic. I want to use that word. It's prophetic. That is how victorious we will be at the end of this year. Hallelujah. That is how victorious we will be at the end of this year. Because we are already victorious. We will manifest victory in every aspect of our life in the course of this year. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's have our seat. I just want you to just turn to your left and say thank you to your neighbor. We are giving thanks today. We thank God. Thank your neighbor. You know, this is something we often don't do. Thank you for being my brother. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for last year, how you've blessed me. Just, just thank your neighbor. Appreciate. Give thanks even to men. Appreciate men too. Yes. Hallelujah. We're not greeting, we're thanking. I didn't say, say good morning or happy new year. Just say thank you. Hallelujah. And I want to take this moment to appreciate everybody, even though Pastor Emmanuel have done it. But since today is dedicated specifically for Thanksgiving, I really want to appreciate everybody for your due cooperation, your perseverance, your understanding, your patience in the course of 2022. We don't take any of your services and your sacrifice in vain. We know that we see your commitment, we see your faithfulness, we see your love, we see your sacrifices, we see every single thing you do in the house. And we really, really appreciate you for your consistency. Coming in every week, 52 weeks, 52 days in the year, 52 Wednesdays. Did I call it correct? Is it 52? 52 Sundays, 52 Wednesdays, 52 Fridays. And all through the week, programs we held last year and everything and the support and the, your presence and everything. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And I also want to appreciate, you know, those that serve in different teams. Let's clap for them. Let's clap for ourselves. Those who are serving in different teams, the worship team, ushering, welfare, drama, Bible study. If I don't call your team, don't, just know that I appreciate you. Hallelujah. 
media team, yes, uh, technical team, decoration team, eh? publication team. Someone say communication? <laughs> eh? Evangelism team, prayer team, follow-up team, welfare team, and then the congregation team. Hallelujah. Really appreciate ourselves. Let's give God the glory. Let's give all the glory for our lives and our efforts, for all our sacrifices and our investment in God's kingdom. It's never in vain in the name of Jesus. I want us to specifically appreciate God for the life of our team leaders. Let's, let's thank them. Let's, let's, let's clap for them. We appreciate you so much for your labor, for your sacrifices, for the struggle. And for the easiness as well. We thank you. And I pray that, you know, this year is going to be in a greater dimension of service in Jesus' name. And as we serve, let me tell you this reward for service. Amen. We are not serving to be rewarded, but there is reward that comes with service. And he who gives himself to serve God is a man that God will reward. There is a reward system for service. And that service that God rewards is a faithful service. Hallelujah. And I want us to also appreciate our pastors. On behalf of the congregation, let's clap for our pastors. Pastor Emmanuel, Pastor Kola, Ole, Pastor Chidi, Pastor Victor, Pastor Ifani, Pastor Costin. Let's, let's keep clapping, let's keep clapping. You know, clap for them, appreciate them. You know, honor is very important that we honor them and appreciate them for their service. I mean, these people have, have really, really labored over the years. For the past 12 years that I have been here, 12 years, 12 new years I've seen here, you know, these men have committed themselves in different aspects, in different ways, in different areas. Hallelujah. And we really appreciate God for God's faithfulness in their lives and how they've been faithful as well in serving us, in blessing us, in shouting at us, in screaming at us, in teaching us, in rebuking us, and in giving us edification. Hallelujah. So we don't take your, your, your sacrifice and grant it. On behalf of the congregation, I and the congregation, we appreciate you, and we celebrate you, and we pray that God continue to enrich you in different aspects of your lives in the name of Jesus. I want us to appreciate their wives. Hallelujah. You know, if there's anything I know I can see is that, you know, they've been so supportive. They've been a great support system, you know, to them and mommy exploits. We appreciate you for your, your, your sacrifice in the women part of the church, the sisters. Let's appreciate her. Let's, let's, let's clap. You see, I'm being intentional, right? I'm being intentional in calling people because... We, do, we don't do this often, but it's very important that we, 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 we acknowledge these sacrifices. Hallelujah. You know, Titi Adewusi, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I wish I can call it all the, the full name, <laughs> but I know that, you know, we, we, we really appreciate you. This year that passed, I mean, the weddings that happened here and everything, we can see your hand and your sacrifice and your family and everything. We really appreciate you. And we want to appreciate also uh, 
Miss Sisi Foma. <laughs> you know, since she came around this past year, you know, the ministry has been better for a man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been much more easier and better. So really appreciate, you know, your investment in his life and to the church. What you do in his life is to us. Because you give him the privilege to actually serve us better. So really appreciate and then we celebrate you. And also, uh, we celebrate Mrs. Lorato Okolawale. We really, really acknowledge your sacrifice as well. I mean, she started even before. She's been serving here even before. She continued the service in another dimension. So we thank God for your own sacrifice as well. For sometimes, you know, enduring the long, lengthy time of meeting, you know, sometimes these people, they leave their houses and they spend hours, eight hours, seven hours in meetings and in prayers and then they lay, they lay aside their families and everything to come and then to pray for us, to prepare and to teach us the word. So we really, really appreciate their sacrifices. Hallelujah. And we pray that, you know, this year shall be a year of increase in our lives in the name of Jesus. And for everybody that has been a support system to us, we really appreciate you. And we pray that God will replenish your strength in a greater way in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for people, for giving us the gift of men, for blessing us with men. We are here to say thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord, for our lives, our families, and the people you've positioned around us, people that you are using to encourage us, people that you are using to, to enrich us in diverse ways. We ask our Lord, that your name be glorified in their lives in the name of Jesus. In this year that we've entered, we ask that may we continue to enjoy the benefit of fellowship with one another. That may we continue to be a blessing one to another in the name of Jesus. We stand together in unity. Any works of the enemy against the progress of your work in our lives, Father, we resist it in the name of Jesus. We ask, O oh Lord, that only that which you've proposed will come to pass in our lives in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And then specifically, lastly, before I go into the word, I want to thank everybody. You know, once again, I remember this to do very, very importantly for your giving. In this year, I mean, the church was able to survive and thrive financially because of your giving. And we do acknowledge that, you know, from the depth of our hearts, we know that this work wouldn't have been this successful without the support that comes in finances. And each and every one of you have been sacrificial in giving. And, and even as we are teaching about giving, we could see that people are giving with reason, with understanding. And we are very proud of, you know, what we've done so far in the past year. And we are trusting God that even as we keep on, you know, in this work, we'll, we'll keep on doing our responsibility. You know, giving, as we say, is a responsibility that each and every one of us engage in church to ensure that we have the word preached, that we meet up the needs of the church. Hallelujah. So thank you so much for your sacrifice in the way of giving. Even as we prepare for today, I know today is a special offering day that envelopes were given over the weeks for us to come prepare to give. We also appreciate you for the giving of today. And I pray that, you know, it is blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we've been talking about from last year, coming to this year, I've been teaching about the blessings in giving and receiving. 
And for people that are here for the first time, I want to just give you a sharp recap. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. Give me Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. It was a text that we based this teaching on. Blessings in giving and receiving. It says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and what and receiving but you only. And the person speaking here is Apostle Paul himself. Oftentimes we see Paul working with his hands to make ends meet. We see Paul, you know, working to provide for his own needs and for the needs of people around him. But here we see there come a season in his life, in his ministry, that he also depended on people to meet his needs as a minister of the gospel. Hallelujah. So, what happens here, as we explained, we established in the previous teachings, we say that they gave to Paul, and Paul received. Amen. So, it's not that they gave and they received from God, because they gave, then they are blessed. No. They gave to Paul. That is what that verse is saying. They give gifts to the church, support of the ministry, support of the body of Christ, and then Paul received the gift of giving that the people have given. Hallelujah. And then we say that the nature of Christian giving is, 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 is from the nature and the character that we have. We give from our nature, we give from our character, and we, are, we have the nature of Christ in us. Hallelujah. And we also say that God gives sacrificially for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would, will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So God has given us sacrificially in demonstration of his love towards us. So this is the character of God. God gives sacrificially. God does not, you know, give expecting anything from us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we are yet unloving, Christ demonstrated his love. God demonstrated his love towards us in Christ Jesus by him dying for us. While we are yet unlovable, he loved us beyond measure. And this love that he has, he has, he has cascaded upon us is, is an eternal love. A love that knows no bound. It's unconditional love. Hallelujah. And we said also that nature of God is that God is a liberal God. The Bible says in James, we read in James, that, 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 that God gives liberally without what? Without finding fault. To say that God gives without looking at whether you've been good or you've been naughty. You know, our early parents or Santa could give to children because they have been good throughout the year and not been naughty. That is not the kind of giving God gives. The giving of God in Christ is, is, an, uh, is, is a giving that, is, that does not find fault. God gives you life, not because you've been obedient. The reason why you are alive today is not because you've done so many things that have pleased God. But God regardless, have bestowed his love upon you. This is the nature and the character of God. God gives liberally. He gives everlasting and everything God gives is eternal. Hallelujah. Everything God gives is eternal and is permanent. That is why we can't base our blessedness on earthly things. The Bible says they perish, they come and they go. Hallelujah. And we say that our giving as well must be demonstrated according to the nature of our Father because we carry the DNA of God in us. So if our God gives liberally, we also ought to give liberally. So we don't give in order to be blessed by people. 
Hallelujah. And we read a scripture that, talk, that talks about, you know, giving and will be given back to you, pressed down, shaking together, rolling over, and on and on and on. Shall be given back to you, right? And we establish that this verse is not describing the kind of giving that a believer should give. This kind of giving is talking about the giving that is in the world. That is how men give. But we that are men of the spirit, we give the way God gives. Hallelujah. We give sacrificially. We give expecting nothing in return. This is the giving that, that is acceptable to God. We said earlier on in one of the days that our giving is not transactional. We don't give to God so that God will give back to us. God has already given us everything. So our response of worship to him is to give. Not only our resources, but our lives and everything. Hallelujah. So the concept and the idea of giving so that God will bless you in the course of this year is not biblical. So if your offering that you are coming with today is with the intention that it will pave way for you in this 2023, then I want you to, by the grace of God, before you even give the offering, change your mind. Hallelujah. This year will be good for you. This year will be better for you because of Christ. Hallelujah. Not because of your offering. Not even because of crossover service. Hallelujah. As beautiful as those rituals are, that is not the reason why God will be good to you this year. God will be good to you because you are a son. Hallelujah. God will be faithful to you because he is character, his faithfulness. God will provide all your needs. He has provided all your needs according to his riches and glory because he is faithful. So every single need you need in this year is met in Christ. Hallelujah. So whether you enter this year in tongues, you enter this year on your knees, or you enter this year snoring in your bed, you are a blessed child of God. Hallelujah. So this, we must understand this and live a life of freedom, of liberty, right? Rejoicing in the gifts of God for our lives. Hallelujah. So this is the character of God. And we also should replicate our giving according to the nature of our Father because we carry the Holy Ghost in us. God himself lives in us and he prompts us to give. So he cannot prompt us to give so that we can, we can receive back. Hallelujah. So when you give to church, your expectation must not be conditioned to what God will do for me. When you give to your brother, your, 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 the condition of your mind is not, I'm giving you because nobody knows tomorrow. No, that is not that is not way we give. We don't give because we don't know tomorrow. Hallelujah. If you want to bless a brother, don't say, ah, I'm giving because who knows he will help me tomorrow. That is not the mind of Christ. That is not, that is not why you should give. Let me tell you, the people you help might not help you tomorrow. Accept that and live with that and agree with that. So that greed and selfishness, and you will not be angry. Hallelujah. Check clearly all the people you've blessed. I'm not talking about here. Even in the world. How many of them have come back to bless you back? So let's, let's give with an understanding that it's a, it's a sacrifice we are giving. We are giving so that people's life will be blessed. So not because of us. We give with a recipient at mind, in mind rather. Not our gain in mind. Hallelujah. So this is what we established through the teachings, the other you know, days that we had, talking about giving. And we talk about bountiful giving. We give bountifully. And the bountifully here is not talking about 
the quantity of giving is also referring to the condition of the heart of the giver. A giver gives liberally. Right? He gives liberally without, you know, grumbling. Because some people give and then they feel like they are extort. You know, yesterday we were talking about something with the pastors. So there's a difference between extortion and bribery. I mean, that thing, that light came to me. I, I, I was thinking that whenever, sometimes, you know, where I come from, you know, a man can stand on the road with a gun in uniform, but he has a gun. We don't know the difference between a robber and a policeman. Anyway, they use the same method. He will stand on the road, and then you have to give him something before he will let you go. And I used to think that this is bribery. But I learned yesterday that that is extortion. Because he has the gun, and you have the money. And you give so that he will let you go without harm. And many times they make demands. Hallelujah. So sometimes what we see in church is similar. It's extortion. You are threatened with curses. You are threatened with danger. You are threatened with, with what will, if you don't give. The reason why you are suffering is because you don't give. Hallelujah. Your giving has problem. That's why you are suffering in your life. You know. If you don't tight this 2023, your life will be tied. And then this is, this is, this is extortion. This is not scriptural. This is not the Bible. This is not biblical teaching about giving. Hallelujah. This giving is not motivated by love. It's motivated by fear of consequences or guilt. You know, the reason why is this sickness, I need to tie it so that this sickness will leave me. Healing is what? Is a children's bread. Are you a son? Then healing belongs to you. Hallelujah. Do you need to pay to eat food in your father's house? Do you need to pay to sleep in your father's house? Do you need to pay to, to drink water in your own father's house? So why do we treat God that way? Common sense will tell you that something is wrong with that theology. Even with that biblical exegesis, you know that something is faulty. I, I, it's not adding up. And we said here that no matter how long that has been taught and practiced, right? No matter how, we are not saying that everybody that taught that is intentionally trying to extort people. Right? We are not saying that the person teaching that is intentionally trying to extort people. Some of them have taught us these things from a pure heart. But yet, it doesn't make it true. Hallelujah. The standard is not how long a man has been in ministry. The standard is the truth of God's word. And we stand with the word of God no matter what, no matter who. Hallelujah. So you must have a refocus in this year. Your mentality must be transformed so that your worship will be accurate. Amen? Hallelujah. So I trust that these teachings, as they come, will keep opening up our hearts to the truth of God's word. That God will be able to, you know, walk in our heart and that our, our walk with him this year will be different. I've had wonderful testimonies this year from, it, from many of us here. How we've been blessed, how God has enriched us, but there's more that God wants to do with our lives. There's more that God wants to deal with us this year. There are many things that are, on your, that are a veil on your face that by the grace of God, what I've seen God is going to do in this house. At the end of this year, many things will be shattered. Ideologies will be shattered. Knowledge that are not accurate will be shattered. 
and you will walk in perfection. Perfection has to do with the accuracy of understanding of God's word. So I want you to be expectant. Come to church every day with an open mind, ready as a student to learn with your notepads, with an open mind to read the Bible, to understand the Bible, and you will be blessed. Hallelujah. So we are talking about, we, 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 we move along to a part where we're looking at who should we give to. We're trying to understand, okay, we've been taught about how we should give, why we should give, who should we actually give to. And we said the last time that we give, you know, to who? We give to the brethren in church. Hallelujah. Please give me James chapter 2 verse 14. James chapter 2 verse 14 to 17. We give to the brethren in church. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it, what does it profit? Verse 17. First also faith by itself, if it does not... What, is it, what, what am I reading? First also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Is death. Hallelujah. So here, first of all, we see the brethren are people we should give to. Many of us are fond of giving back to the society. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't do philanthropic activities in the community, to the world. But your primary constituency is a church. Hallelujah. Your brother on your left-hand side and your right-hand side is your primary constituency. So you give to the brother who is in need. And when you give, you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to go and broadcast it. You don't need to be looking at the person as though, you know, he's, he's that unfortunate. Hallelujah. The wealth you have is a common wealth. Amen? You are a custodian of God's resources. It's not your own. In this kingdom, we don't own, but we what? We manage God's own resources. So every resources you have in your life is for common good. Particularly in the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's for kingdom use. It's for God. So you are a custodian of God's resources. So the expectation of God is that through you, your brother in Christ will be blessed. Hallelujah. And we say that in this church, nobody should lack basic necessity of food, of need, of life. We declare last time that it's illegal for anybody to be in church and lack the basic necessity of, of, of life, of living. Hallelujah. Because we as a body should be able to meet the need one another. Hallelujah. That we see in, in scriptures. That was what was practiced in the early church. And that none of them lacked nothing good. Hallelujah. So this is very fundamental. And then we also establish, secondly, where or who we should give to. We say we should give to the church. Why? For the propagation of the gospel. And we saw that even Jesus Christ himself, where he was on earth, people ministered to him in things. There were people, you know, some women. We read, I think we read which passage? Uh, and get it here. Is it Luke? Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Give me Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. 
Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching. He's talking about Jesus here. Preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Wow, seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Hallelujah. They provided for Jesus from their substances. Okay? That means they supply his needs. No wonder we have Judas Iscariot, the treasurer of, of Jesus' ministry. Hallelujah. Which means that money was needed for what? For that ministry. So, we as believers are to give to the church for what? For the expansion of God's work. For a church where the word of God is taught that the kingdom of God will be expanded. Hallelujah. Not as a means of extortion, but what? Willingly. We saw that we should give willingly. Hallelujah. So today we're going to talk about two other ways or two other, you know, people or areas we should give, which is very, very important. Hallelujah. To the brethren in church, to the church itself as an institution, the church is an institution, it's a body, it's an institution, and to individuals that are also in the church, right? Then the third category of people we should give to is who? To our biological families. Family members. Amen? We have a responsibility to who? To our biological family members. Many of us can do good to anybody on the street, but when it comes to family, outside the home, they know you to be a giver. Oh, you know, this person is a good guy. She's a good girl. You know, she gives... He gives to people, he gives generously as an eye service. You give your time, you give your resources, you give your information, you give out knowledge generously. When it comes to the home, you are stingy. This is not Christ-like. Hallelujah. This is not Christ-like. I know I'm, I'm stepping on some people's character or behavior if it is. This is not Christ-like. First and foremost, family. Because see, we'll look at it in the scriptures. Give me 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. We're reading down to verse 8. Give me message translation, please. Because I want this text to be very, very much paraphrased so that you know say we read it in King James and you don't understand. Message from verse, uh, verse 3 to 8. Take care of widows who are destitute. Number one, there's a classification to the widows. The widows who are what? Who are destitute. If a widow has family members to take care of them, of her, let them learn that religion begins at their own way. At whose doorstep? Their doorsteps, right? And that they should pay back with gratitude. Let me go back. Take me back to verse 3. And then we'll move quickly. Take me back to verse 3. Take care of widows who are destitute. Verse 4. The next verse. If a widow has family members, including children, are we together? To take care of her, let them learn that religion begins where? 
at their own doorsteps and that they should pay back with gratitude some of what they have received from the Lord. This pleases God small immensely. Hallelujah. God is gladdened by we taking responsibility for who? For our own family members. Hallelujah. Verse 5. You can tell a legitimate widow by the way she has put all her hope in God. Praying to him constantly for the needs of others as well as her own. I don't want to talk about the widow because we don't have widows here. So we'll jump this part, yes. But a widow who exploits people's emotions and pocketbooks well, there's nothing for her. I don't want to explain this. Let's move. There are people here that are behaving like these widows in this church. Tell these things to the people so that they will do right thing, the right thing in their extended family. Hallelujah. To their extended family. Some of you, you have the mentality, you know, you know, none of my family members help me. And when I become what I'm hoping to become, God making me what I am becoming, nobody should ever come to my house asking for something. That's not Christ-like. You give to them, not because they've been good to you. Hallelujah. Like your uncle that sees your family land. I'm talking to somebody here. Give to him if he's a need. Hallelujah. That's how we demonstrate love to people. Amen. We give unconditionally. Jesus gave you his life, not because you deserve it. Hallelujah. We don't give to people because they've been good to us. Not because they've been kind to us. We give to them sacrificially. So, to our extended family, very, very crucial. Verse 8. Anyone who neglects to care for family members in need, what does he do? What is the meaning of this word to repudiate? You deny the faith. It's, it's classified in the same way as denying the faith. You understand? That is a witness of this inability to, to provide for your family. If you, ref, if you neglect to care for family members in need, you deny the faith. There's, that's worse than refusing to believe in the first place. It's as well as you didn't believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. So do you believe in Jesus? Do you love Jesus? You demonstrate by giving. Because God says, I love you and he gave. So also we must practice sacrificial giving. Jump to verse 16. Verse 16. Any Christian woman who has widow in her family is responsible for them. They shouldn't be dumbed on the church. The church has its handful already with widows who need help. All right. Let me leave this one. Give me Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. No, New King James. Yes. Honor your father and what? And mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. What is the promise? That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Hallelujah. And this verse will solve so many time, will save so many time of praying for long life. Honor, particularly to your biological parents. And one of the ways you honor is by giving of substance of resources. 
It doesn't have to be 10 million. It doesn't have to be 20. You don't have to, in fact, you don't have to have huge amount to honor somebody with, with, with substance. Even if it's to refill their phone in Nigeria, we call it a charge card. It's, an, it's a way of honor. It's a way of showing honor to them. And you know what? They pray for you. Amen. They will pray for you from their heart. Because you've served a need, they will pray for you. They will give their heart to the prayer, praying for you. You are not too young to honor your parents. You know what? From even the money they are giving you, honor them. Hallelujah. Choose to buy them gifts. Amen. Choose to honor them because it's biblical, it's scriptural. That it may be well with you and that you may live long. Some of us probably, I'm not prophesying, but I'm saying this as a fact. The reason why you are not understanding what is happening in your life is because you are breaking principles. You are living in dishonor, particularly to your parents. Sometimes you look at them and you see their inability. Maybe you've gone to school, you speak good English. Not like me, you speak better English. And then maybe they didn't go to school. So you take it as an opportunity to disrespect and to dishonor. Some of you, because your parents have made some mistakes in their lives. It's very, very clear. Your father maybe have gone out and then he has done some certain things that is dishonorable. And then you think that you are in the right place to dishonor and to disrespect. You are breaking biblical principles. The Bible says you honor them not because they've been good. So you are not honoring your parents because they've done anything good. Or they are of good behavior. Honor is regardless of conduct of the person that you are giving honor to. Hallelujah. Particularly when it comes to your father, when it comes to your mother, you have an obligation to honor them and to respect them. Even demonstrating this honor by giving to them. You honor your brothers and your sisters in your biological family. Some of us, we speak to our younger ones with so disdain and disrespect because they are younger than us. We're thinking maybe nothing can come out of them because we are older than them, more experienced than them. Or probably you are helping them, then it's an opportunity to disrespect them and dishonor them. You know, in this family, there's something they say that, you know, because you are the richest in the family. Hmm? When you talk, nobody, your, your word is final. Even if you are the youngest, as so long as you have money. Whatever you say, you know, they just agree. Since he has said it, we agree because he's the only one that can sponsor what he has said. That is not honor. Hallelujah. We honor people regardless of their status financially, education-wise, whether male or female. Some of us come from very, very gross and misinformed cultures that men disrespect men, women because they are women. Where do you see that one in scriptures? Hallelujah. So your mind must be reformed from that culture that is not biblical. You know, it's our culture, it's our tradition. See, I have, I have no culture and tradition. My culture and tradition is the scriptures. I'm not a traditional man. I'm a scriptural man. Hallelujah. So whatever culture you have, whatever tradition you have, if it doesn't align with scriptures, lead it aside. Amen? Many traditions and cultures does not, does not support the word of God. So we stand with the word of God. So don't pride in your culture and your tribe. You know, in our tribe. I've often said this in this place that tribe comes as a result of rebellion. 
tower of Babel, God say expand and fill the earth. They say no, we want to build a tower to move heaven. What did what happened? It changed our language. So why will you go and be beating your chest? You know I'm Igbo, I'm Yoruba, I'm Hausa, I'm 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 Swahili. You are a kingdom citizen. Hallelujah. So when I look at you, I don't look at you whether you are from my tribe or from my country. I look at a kingdom citizen. I look at a believer that Christ has died for. I look at someone that God has given the all for. I value and honor and respect you because God lives in you. That is what makes us equal. Hallelujah. The Christ that died for me is the same Christ that died for you. Your own Christ is not made in Nigeria. Hallelujah. It's the same Christ that died for all of us. Therefore, we have an obligation to honor and respect each other. Hallelujah. Particularly in the context of family. Whether you're older or younger. And we can demonstrate this honor by, do, by doing what? By giving. Am I speaking to somebody? Are we learning today? I wrote something here sometimes back. You know, I, 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 there was a time I, I find myself in that cycle where I look at my giving and I discover that I've given so much to people than I've given to my own biological family. And not that my family have everything, but I discover that even my younger ones, they have needs. But I've invested in people more than them. And I know that this is not scriptural. Hallelujah. It's not scriptural. I have an obligation to do what? To support them. You know, I set myself a rule. I said, henceforth, from that time, I cannot give out an amount I have not first given to my family. Amen? And I abide by that. If you see me give you something, it's because I've given more than that to my biological family. That's why you receive it this way. Hallelujah. So, family is our responsibility because if you don't give to family, the Bible puts us at the same level of what? Of even denying the faith. God wants us to be responsible individuals. How can men know that we are, we are God's children? It's by the way we show love, even to our biological families. We, we, when you love your family and you meet up their needs, you demonstrate the love of God to us. God is a loving father. You are a loving father. God is a provider. You are a provider. So you supply the needs of your family members. How can you be praying and then be shouting, be screaming, you know, doing wonderful things? Outside you are a celebrity, but in your house, your family is dying of hunger. That is, that is witchcraft. Hallelujah. That is not godly. Which faith are you, are you professing? If you are truly praying, you know God will be telling you half sense and do the right thing. Hallelujah. So we take care of our family members, right? Do not neglect your biological family and go saving the world. Oftentimes, this is eye service. You know, as potential husbands and wives, as husbands and as wives, you must take note. Hallelujah. Because we are raising you here to be faithful husbands and faithful wives, to be responsible husbands, to be responsible wives, to be responsible children, and to give back to responsible children. And if you will give back to responsible children, you yourself must be responsible. You teach them by your conduct. Your, your children cannot be lacking and then you are giving to other people outside there. You want them to, what kind of example are you, are you giving them? Will they be responsible in giving? Hallelujah. 
Charity begins where? At home. It's profound. Hallelujah. Giving to family is not an investment that you are hoping to yield profit in the future. When you give back to a child, you are not raising the child so the child will help you tomorrow. That is, that is an African disease. It's a pandemic. We need a vaccine for that and it's the word of God. Hallelujah. Our parents think, they think, they think that raising a child is an investment. You know, I'm sending you to school so that when you grow, you can come back and help me. He's an unbiblical. Parents should pass on wealth to the children, not the way backward. Hallelujah. Inheritance should pass to the children and not the way backward. Unfortunately, in Africa is a norm. Amen. Made up your mind that you're going to pass wealth to your children. Hallelujah. That you will not be thinking, when I'm old now, my children will not take care of me. That is not scriptural. Hallelujah. So giving to family members is not an investment. If you are paying your brother's school fees or your sister's school fees, you are not paying her school fees so that you will get gain. So that when she begins to work, you begin to place demand. That's not sacrificial giving. This is an investment. This is transactional. This is not, you know, liberal giving. Hallelujah. So, giving to them is not an investment that you're hoping to profit from. <laughs> Our parents will say, you know, I'm the one that is feeding you in this house. I'm the one clothing you in this house. I'm the one giving you shelter. The question is, who give back to the child? Who was responsible for giving back to the child? It's, it's a responsibility to feed the child, to clothe the child. You are, not, you are paying my school fees. You are not doing me any favor. It's your duty. So you that want to marry, it's a duty. You that have husbands and wives, it's a duty to take care of the children's needs. Hallelujah. You're not doing the child a favor. Amen? So don't begin to think maybe you, 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 are, you know, no, 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 no. You, 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 you must take this as a responsibility. You committed yourself to this responsibility. Hallelujah. So giving to family is also what gracious and sacrificial, expecting nothing in return. To be stingy to your family is not Christ-like. Hallelujah. So we have a duty to what? To, 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 to be wealthy enough to be a blessing to people. And how do we become wealthy? How do we become wealthy? By industry, by working with our hands. We don't become wealthy by praying. Hallelujah. We don't become wealthy by claiming, I, this year I will walk in favor. This year, I will, and you are working in dishonor. I want to walk in favor. How will it work for you? Oh, this year I will, I will claim these resources. I, some of us even go to cars, you know, car galleries and lay hand and claim and pour anointing oil. Go and walk and have money so you can buy the car. Wealth can be created by in two ways, right? Or three. Number one, by walking in the right way. Or by doing what? By stealing, by walking in the wrong way. Or at most, inherit it. Hallelujah. And that can be broken into several different areas. Hallelujah. So, we must be committed to walking and then supplying the needs of others. Hallelujah. 
You give to those who teach you the word. That's the last part. Give to those who teach you the word. After our families is you give to those who, word, who teach you the word. Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who what? Who teaches. Let him what? Let him share. In all good things. Good things, not bad things. Hallelujah. Let him share in all good things. Let him who is taught the word share. Here, some translations say communicate. You know, in all good things with him who teaches. This is biblical. Hallelujah. You share. Some of us, the only thing we share with your pastors is your problems. The moment one demon oppress you, the next time you carry your phone is Pastor Costin. The only thing you share with your pastors is your problems. You either share your stubbornness, your rebellion, or what is happening in your life. Oh, we're not saying those things are bad. Hallelujah. We're not saying we shouldn't share your concerns. In fact, in the church, we share one another's burden, thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. Hallelujah. It's a command. It's a duty for us to share on, with one. But again, we are to communicate with those who teach us the word in all good things. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Give me in TPT. First Timothy 5, 17. First Timothy 5, verse 17 to 18. First Timothy 5, 17. It says the pastors who lead the church well. Okay. The pastors who lead the church well should be paid well. They should receive double honor for faithfully preaching and teaching the revelation of the word of God. Verse 18. For the scriptures have taught us, do not muzzle an ox or forbid it to eat while it grinds a grain. And also the one who labors deserve his wages. Philippians chapter 4 verse 15 to 20. Philippians chapter 4 verse 15 to 20. New King James, Philippians 4 verse 15 to 20. Yes. Now, you Philippians also know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, this is where we read earlier on, no church shared with me concerning giving and what? And receiving, but you only. They share with him in giving and then he receiving. For even in Thessalonica, you send aid once again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift. But I seek the fruit that abound to you. And what is the fruit that abound when you give? Hallelujah. Eh? Praise and thanksgiving to God. We've said this, that when we give, it's not that God gives us money. No. When we give, praise and thanksgiving ascend to God. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full having received from the Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet smelling aroma. An acceptable sacrifice. Well pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs. You know we love this scripture. 
But we know that we don't know, we don't check the background to know that the reason for this prayer is because of an act of giving. The Lord has said in his word, he shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. By the way, this needs it's not talking about money. Hallelujah. If not, it will put money there. I'm sure. Hallelujah. He's talking about it to give you the need. Need there is the ability to give. The generosity of heart to give. We've explained this over and over and over and over again. That God will give you the ability to give. Now to our God and Father be glory. See, this is, this, this is the essence of giving. Forever and ever. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus thought about giving. Luke chapter 10, quickly. Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, verse 1 and And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. We're reading down to verse 11, so be fast. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. To go your way, go your way rather. Behold, I send you out as lambs among the wolves. Verse 4. Carry neither money back, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say what? Peace be to this house. Verse 6. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. We don't have time to expand this. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborers. See, this is the way the quotation is also mentioned here. For the laborer, and I think it's in the Old Testament as well. For the laborer is what? Is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they said before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you, near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the street and say, the very dust of your foot, of, of your city, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe it off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. Verse 12. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in, the day, in that day for Sodom than for that city. Hallelujah. Because first of all, they didn't accept the message. They didn't accept the men that come with the message. Neither do they accept the message. At least they should have even accepted the message if they will not accept. But you can't accept the men and then not receive their message. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ made an emphasis that the laborer does what? Deserves his wages. To give to those who preach the word to you is a responsibility of the believer in Christ. You don't only pray for them. Amen? You pray for your pastors, you pray for your teachers, but you know, I often say this. People don't eat prayers, do they? Have you ever gone to any pastor's house and you find him microwaving prayer? Prayer don't put the charge cards in your phone to call you. Sometimes you say, ah, these pastors, they don't call us. You know, they don't take care of our needs. You know, this and this and that. Do you know whether he has money in his pocket to even put in his phone to call? Hallelujah. So we have a duty to do what? To support 
those who teach us the word. Last year, I said something here. I said, see, you don't expect a man of God that does not have electricity in his house. Most of from Africa, where we come from. He doesn't have any way. He doesn't even have the ability to study. No matter how anointed he is. Hmm? If there's no stability in his life, his ministry will have issues. Hallelujah. The motivation of the sermon must, may be from hunger. Some prophecies are as a result of hunger and generational poverty. Hallelujah. So, if you want, wherever you go, we're not saying because of us. We have our needs met by the grace of God. Hallelujah. But it's for your own good. Wherever you go, wherever God is taking you to, whatever height God is taking you to, if you want to continue to be fed properly the word of God, ensure that you minister constantly. It should be a culture that you minister to, your, to those who teaches you the word. If they are stable and they are okay, you will have sound word and sound doctrine. They will invest in studying. If, for example, now Pastor Fred have not paid his house rent, he has not paid his medical insurance or whatever, he has not, he is on the street. Reading the Bible, even for my own benefit, will not be there talking about spending time to study. I will be in Sanai. Hallelujah. What will I be doing? I'll be working to make money. To what? Oh, to make coffins. Yes. So that I can make ends neat. Instead of pursuing ministry and pursuing my stuff. And we have an obligation, right? To support those who teach us the word. We must under, this is as practical as this. Wherever you find yourself, look into the be deliberate in your finances, your income. Hallelujah. As God blesses you, look into those who teach you the word faithfully. Support them so that their life can be easy, that they will be a better blessing to you. Hallelujah. So we have a duty. This is biblical because the worker is deserving of his wages. The Bible says that we should give them double honor. Double honor there, I don't have time to explain what that means in Greek. It means that if you are paying people, for, for instance now, 200 Turkish lira for two hours of a job, the one that teaches you the word deserves double of that honor. Hallelujah. That is how we should minister to communicate to their personal needs. Praying for them and meeting their needs. Some of them have left everything to concentrate on the ministry of the word. When we begin to tell you what it takes to study daily, we ask some people to, to go and write, read a book and write, and they are shouting and screaming. Two months to do a work that you read and explain what you read. Not that you're even coming to come and preach. So, this work has a lot of commitment in it. And when someone is faithfully ministering to you daily, you're growing, you're becoming better every day. What do you do? You minister to their specific personal needs. They don't need to come and beg you and give you prayer point and say, this is what is happening in my life. Hallelujah. So, create a habit in it to blessing your teachers from your resources. You know, all these forms of giving to the church, to believers, to family, to our teachers, is an expression of our honor and respect and devotion to God. Hallelujah. 
There's no way that it can be more balanced than this. I can tell you. When it comes to giving, by the grace of God, to this level, we've expressed to you the whole counsel of God's word. We didn't lay aside or withhold any information from you that will be for your benefit. And the essence of this is that you will be edified. You will grow and be, be, be perfected as a believer. Hallelujah. So please, I want you to take this church. I know some people have asked questions about tithe and offering. We're going to talk about it. Hopefully next week we're going to look at how to receive. I've not forgotten about it. We must touch the issue of receiving. Because some of you, they say, come and take, take this. Then you just lose. Ah, how will you give me hundred telling? No, no, no. It's okay. You can, you can have it. Just, you know, I'm blessed. God has blessed me. Because it's small. Or because it's coming from somebody that is so... We must learn to receive. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk us through on seeing the need to learn how to receive. If Jesus can receive, who are you? That's a question I want to ask. If Jesus can receive from men, they minister to him in their, in, their, in their substance. What do you have? What have you accumulated that people cannot minister to your need? You are so proud, so arrogant that people cannot, cannot and you are frustrated in life. And you don't want anybody and so that they will not look down on me. This clothes I'm wearing today is somebody that gave me. Let me tell you, I didn't buy it. The shoe I'm wearing, somebody gave me. Hallelujah. And I wear it proudly. Because I know right, that my needs will come through people. So if you are so highly lifted that you think that God has... You will suffer in this kingdom. It's not everything this love you buy. Oh. Hallelujah. When you have people, you have resources. You are blessed because you have people. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying today for the new year. We're going to be praying. I want you to pray fervently. See, the reason why we brought the word right now is so that we can have ample time to pray. Hallelujah. Yes, we see half time. We will have time to do what to pray. I beseech you in the name of God. Right? As we are going to pray. Pastor will come and lead us in prayer. Give your heart to these prayers. Don't allow anybody to motivate you. See, don't allow somebody to engineer you to pray. If you think of your life alone, it should make you to pray. Think of destinies that their life will be improved because of your, your growth, because of your maturity, because of your development. Hallelujah. That should motivate you to pray. Think of the kingdom's demand, the God's kingdom's demand upon your life. Prayer have not been outdated. Hallelujah. The finished work of Christ does not nullify prayers. We can tell you if it's grace and the, and the finished work of Christ, you can be sure that we teach this every day in this church. But we also tell you to pray. Hallelujah. Because the, 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 the application of these things in our life can only be enforced by prayer. How we can manifest the supernatural is where is by prayer, particularly praying in the spirit. For us to reign in this earthly realm is by prayer. For us to bring forth the things that God has made available in the spirit realm to manifestation in the physical realm, the transportation, the technology for bringing it to fruition is prayer. All your needs for this year has been met. But how you bring them to fruition is by prayer. 
Hallelujah. So why will you say, ah, God have not... In Christ, listen, I will say this every day. In Christ, there is no unanswered prayer. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Christ, all things are yes and they are what? They have their amen in him. Which means that they are established in him. And if you are in him, you have all things. But many of us in this church will not receive the manifestation of the things that we pray for. Because number one, we don't stand in faith. And we don't persist to ensure the manifestation of these things through prayers. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage us that as we give ourselves to praying this afternoon, tell your neighbor, we'll pray. I will pray. You will pray. You will pray for me. I will pray for you. We will pray for the church. We we'll pray for God's work. We we'll pray for this year. We we'll pray for our families. Hallelujah.